Welcome to Average Athlete Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I have been waiting for this episode to air since the inception of this podcast. Today, you get to listen to my dear friend, Lauren Gunter. Lauren discusses her work as a coach and a sport performance psychologist, as well as her athletic journey. Lauren, you are a light, and I am excited to share this interview with the world. Thank you for your time and 10 years of friendship. Now, please enjoy today's episode with the one and only Lauren Gunter. I'm not, I'm so, so not, I'm not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the Average Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Kirby, and we are with a very anticipated guest, Lauren Gunter. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you. So the first time we actually met each other was we, we went to the same college. We went to Crown College. We went there 2013 through 2017. Um, and I moved in in 2013 for soccer and was doing soccer pre-whatever stuff. And yeah, you were better than us. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure you played like two, at least two sports at Crown, right? I thought we weren't going to talk about that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> so the first time that we met, was at a welcome week uh, for, I don't, I'm assuming other schools do this as well. At Crown, they had, at least at that time, the welcome week and they had all these activities so that the freshmen could get to know each other. Being on the soccer team, <clears throat> I was not really allowed to do a lot of those activities because we either had practice at that time or it was, there was like a big slip and slide that we weren't allowed to do because he was like, I don't, our coach said he doesn't want us to get injured, etc. There was finally one evening a uh, event that I could do, and it was a Where's Waldo event, where all of the people running the Welcome Week, they would dress up as these random characters, um, and they would hide around our campus. And we really did have, uh, it wasn't a big campus, but it was beautiful. We had all these like cross-country trails. and It was perfect for a game like that. It was yes. perfect for a big game. Yes. And so there were these ponds and stuff. And so you, as a group, which you probably had a group of, you know, five to eight people in a group had to go around and your goal was to get as many signatures as possible from these characters um, in an hour. And to get their signature, you had to go up and tag one of them. And that froze them. They had to stay there for 10 seconds, five seconds, because your entire group had to be physically present in order for them to sign the sheet. So you couldn't just have one speedy person like running around okay you had to move as a group you our dear friend katie who was your roommate me and then three other girls i don't even remember who's in our group we were all put together in a group katie lauren and i were incredibly competitive <laughs> we are no, <laughs> no. we are com- shockingly is anyone listening to this <laughs> very competitive people <clears throat> And then the other three girls. I prefer to say that we're winners. Yeah. We're not competitive. We're winners. Victory oriented. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And so we were just running around. So we were like competitive. We were athletes and we were running around getting these signatures. Um, And for the most part, it was going good. We were able to get like a lot of people's signatures. We then go to this one darker side of campus where there is... There is behind Miller is behind the darker Miller. side of campus? Okay. Miller, Miller doesn't exist anymore. Do you know that they, like, t- 
court down. That's and probably for the best. Hall. Yeah. And Miller was a trashy. <laughs> so it really was the darker side of campus. But there was this pond there that we all affectionately called Goose Poop Pond because it was 90% mud and poop and maybe 10% water. It Inches was, yes. of goose poop on the top. <clears throat> Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. So the it was again this was a where's waldo game and no one to this point had found waldo which was this guy i don't even remember his name but he was dressed up as waldo jacob woodward jacob woodward. i'll never forget it <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. and so we find him and track him down at goose poop pond like in the little weeds before that and katie lauren and i being like athletic and competitive in shape people we like run up and lauren tags him and we're all there. We're like, okay, we got to get a signature. And we're waiting for the other members of our team to catch up. They were too far behind. And Jacob Woodward was just like, one, two, three, four, because <laughs> he only had to wait 10 seconds. The girls were not able to catch up and get there in time. And so this guy, instead of running away on land, he then died. Which with the kind of runner I am, <laughs> that would have been the, the move. <laughs> Run away from me. <laughs> But this guy, he dives into Goose Poop Pond and starts swimming, if you can even call it swimming, sludging away through Goose Poop Pond. And the girls make it back and we're like, there's our chance. I was thinking, there's our chance. Like, we're not going to get him again. None of us are going in here. And then Lauren goes, so if I tag him, he has to come back, right? And we go, yeah, probably. But this thing, this pond is disgusting. And Lauren's like, hold my phone <laughs> and this girl jumps into the end she like boom michael phelps swims it out i'm not a good swimmer <laughs> very average <laughs> she swims out to grab this guy and like hauls him back to us so that was my first encounter i was like well this chick is way too cool <laughs> to be my friend <laughs> but she's it was too cool and so would you like you have to a share? preference for your f- friends to smell horrible. <laughs> my it wasn't even like the smell or the texture. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that I couldn't see because my eyes were burning. <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Will you like to share with the audience what we won for your efforts? Because we did win. We won mm-hmm. the entire game. Yeah, we won the game. And we were the first group in Crown College history to win that game mm-hmm. because you had to tag – all of the other characters before you could tag Waldo. That's what it was. That's mm-hmm. why it was. So like, no one had ever like beaten the game. Yeah. Even if you found Waldo, it didn't matter if you didn't if you didn't have everyone else that you couldn't get mm-hmm. his. Um, but yeah, we won these gigantic intramural champion <laughs> T-shirts that were leftovers from years before, yeah. and a donut. <laughs> Wait, and uh, I was not allowed to sit down in the chapel. <laughs> Because I was covered in poop, so I just they made me stand on some towels. Uh, <laughs> and no one wanted to touch me in the group picture. Yeah. <laughs> there was a distance between us. Yeah, that was a lot of showers. Ever since past college, so uh, we graduated in 2017, and you moved out here. We're in Denver, Colorado. Well, we're in Parker, Colorado, mm-hmm. um, just outside of Denver. And this is where you've, you've really made your home here, like the last six years, seven years? Six years, yeah. Yeah. In August, it was six years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Because you ended up going to DU and getting your master's degree. Will you share kind of uh, what you got your master's degree in and 
why you wanted to do it? Absolutely. So I my master's degree is in sport and performance psychology, often misconstrued or confused as therapy for athletes. Mm. And while athlete mental health clinically is certainly of concern, my degree is really in performance mm. and helping you to have the skills that you need to be able to perform, whether that is um in an athletic setting or you're a first responder and you oh. see a lot of things and you have to perform you're a surgeon you're a musician you're a ballerina it's it's performance overall even your roles that you have in your life performing mm. as a mom performing as um a partner it's a it's crazy how much the skills are the same mm. so I'm qualified to help you learn to direct your attention better and block out distractions, how to use imagery in a way that makes it helpful instead of just kind of imagining things and um, being told to visualize. That doesn't really help if you don't understand the science mm -hmm. behind it. Um, and at the same time, to listen for those more serious mm. clinical issues. Things we see a lot in sports would be like eating disorders, um, substance abuse, depression, anxiety, um, schizophrenia, all kinds of issues that can be going on. Um, there are quite a few folks who've gone through my program and also have clinical degrees. Mm. And so at that point, I would refer out to somebody who still has that sports psych background but can also help treat the clinical side. Mm -hmm. But really my specialty is how do we trim the fat from your performance sure. and make you have um, have less mistakes and when you do have mistakes to respond better to mm -hmm. them and shorten the amount of time that that's going on. Yeah. Why, why does that type of work resonate with you? Why do you want to get into it? Um... I just never really bought into the idea that the most talented athletes are the ones that make it. Mm. Uh, big, long-suffering Minnesota Vikings fan. <laughs> um, if you've watched the series Quarterback that was mm. released over the summer, um, Kirk Cousins, like, he didn't even start a lot of his high school career. Wow. So to believe that you can um, rise from in a less than ideal situation or the idea that the most talented athlete is the one that makes it, like that just can't be the case. Mm -hmm. If you think about the most talented athlete that went to your high school, the chances of them competing professionally right now are probably pretty low, mm -hmm. but there might be others who are mm -hmm. or have a career in sport in some way and – they weren't the most talented mm -hmm. back then. So I guess I honestly got the degree more out of curiosity mm -hmm. than anything, um, which has been true of my other degrees as well. I have this random minor in substance abuse counseling, and I'm like, I'm honestly just curious. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand it, and I want to, yeah. and I'm willing to spend a lot of money to know. Yeah. So that's what made me go into it. And also just... The idea of having a career in sport that doesn't have to be playing. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And 
how has that helped you kind of transition? Because now you're still, you, well, first we should talk about you own a business, Aspen Mental Performance, which mm-hmm. is so cool. Um, but you've also, well, you, well, you have like four jobs right now. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to get into all of them. But you also just started being the head coach for, I'm going to say exactly what the organization is run. But will you say what? Cherry Creek Lady yeah. Bruins? Um, Cherry Creek is a very well-known, very competitive high school mm-hmm. in Colorado, and we are. I've been working with them. This is my sixth year mm-hmm. working with Cherry Creek, and they want to make girls hockey a sanctioned high school sport here. So there are girls playing hockey here. That's nothing new. Um, but it's not something you can represent your school in or letter in mm-hmm. right now. And so we are working to change that. And I'm the head coach of one of the inaugural teams, which is pretty cool. That is so cool. And scary. Uh-huh. So scary. <laughs> you're kicking butt and taking name, though. So as you're approaching your first head coach role, because this mm-hmm. is your first head coach role, um, how do you hope to kind of integrate what you've learned while also – your specific job is not just the mental performance. Like it's obviously training them and in the tactical, technical skills and all that. How, how are you excited or anticipate or have already integrated those skills that you have? Sure. Um, I think it started as far as the technical tactical side, Mm -hmm. that desire to study the game started in me very young Mm -hmm. because I was a natural at nothing. (laughs) I wasn't a natural at anything. I always barely made like the best classes or the best teams, but I was the worst one there. Mm -hmm. And that is, that, that bothered me, Mm -hmm. but I was grateful to be there, but I was just like, I wasn't as good as the girls who could just go coast to coast or, the girls with the crazy shots. I just, I never had that. I was like good at passing. Mm-hmm. There's nothing sexy about passing. <laughs> it's just not. wrong <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so early on, I was like, I can make myself an asset by understanding the game. Because mm-hmm. hockey is one of those sports that if you play it correctly, you actually don't need to be like physically better. Mm-hmm than your opponent. And I think a lot of sports are like that. Mm. Um, And so I studied the game. And so that knowledge, I feel like I had going into, even before I I came out here and started working with a hockey program, I made it really clear, like, I'm here to do mental skills, not to coach. Mm -hmm. But it was hard not to coach. And as soon as they kind of caught a whiff of that, they were like, wait a minute, (laughs) we want you to have a bigger role. Yeah. but that's very – that's, again, like something that's just very tricky about mm-hmm. the nature of a mental skills consultant, mental skills specialist, however you want to say it, um, is that you really kind of take pride in being separate from the coaching part and mm-hmm. the technical part because you want to create an environment where your athlete is the expert mm-hmm. and you are helping them to find their way. Mm-hmm. So – the technical, tactical side, that was kind of there when I started. Um, what I hope to bring with my background in sports psychology and how I weave that into my coaching mm-hmm. is creating 
a growth mindset mm. environment. So if you've read Mindset by Carol Dweck, you are familiar with the terms fixed mindset, growth mindset. A lot of coaches have a fixed mindset. And so that's the environment they create for their team, mm -hmm. which is the ability that you have now is just what you have. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have it, you're never going to have it. Mm -hmm. And if you do, you do. Um, it rewards results. And that's that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. If you – this last weekend um, was my first – tournament as a head coach we went one and four mm -hmm. fixed mindset looks at that and goes that's a failure mm. <laughs> you did not do well you took fourth out of five teams mm -hmm. um that's a failure a growth mindset looks at it and goes yeah the team that pumped you eight to zero on thursday you lost four to zero on sunday mm. as your second game what an incredible improvement. I was holding back tears in the locker room because I was so proud mm. of my girls. And if I'm honest, I've been, I've been conducting individual meetings with each of the players going into the season just so I can understand what they want out of it, how they want to grow, what coaching style does and does not work for them. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them in the past have had coaches who – I just don't think any of them would have a coach who's that proud of them for losing 4-0. <laughs> you know, um, and so a thing that gets said a lot in our practices is like, make mistakes, make mistakes. I want you to train at your threshold mm. so that you actually get better. And if you make a physical mistake, I'm so okay with that. Mm -hmm. Or let's actually not go 100% in this drill. Let's dial it back to about 70% and do it correctly. Mm. And then we'll add the intensity. Mm -hmm. Or... I want the intensity to be high, and if you make a mistake, that's okay because we're training our speed and conditioning over our technique right now and just making sure that they're on the same page with me about what we're working on, what the approach is, and what the expectations are, and for them to know that they are allowed to make mistakes here mm -hmm. and that I hope that they do because mm -hmm. that's how they get better. That's awesome. Do you have any advice or insight to – an athlete or even someone that's listening that they're in their work environment where the management that they're in, they have, the management has a more fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. How can they, whether player, whatever environment, what are practical things that they can do if they've exclusively been in environments with fixed mindsets to grow and develop a more growth mindset? I would say that if you can, get out. Mm. Mm. Um, knowing that that's not always an option, you are going to have to find a way to grow on your own. Mm. If results are the focus on your team, whether that's at work, in a sport, whatever it may be, um, in an environment where your mistakes can't necessarily be visible, you have to find other times to make those mistakes mm -hmm. so that may mean you are putting in extra hours everyone else is working an eight hour day you're working 10 mm -hmm. so that you can slow down and do things correctly and eventually speed them up mm -hmm. um, identify where your weaknesses are and find time to develop those maybe find like a mentor or a coach who mm -hmm. 
does have a growth mindset and can help you in, in your industry, mm-hmm. it can help you to improve so that your performance domain and your, your opportunities for growth should not be exclusive to the environment that has the fixed mindset. Sure. That Does that sense. make sense? That makes sense. Okay. Hmm. Can you describe what, because I feel like people could easily have lip service because the term growth mindset mm-hmm. is, can be kind of a buzz buzzword, buzz yep. term. And I feel like there might be people in sport or in industry or whatever that use it. Like, well, about growth mindset. Mm-hmm. But it's not actually there. Yeah. When you are evaluating whether to join a team or something, how can you, and I guess this is a little bit more business side than athlete side because sure. sometimes you're just, you're, if you go to this high school, you're in this team. Like, mm-hmm. There's nowhere you can go. I said, well, other than if you just go to like a traveling team. But what kind of character qualities or things, what are some things that people might be able to actually look for that shows this is truly a growth mindset environment? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Very straightforward called self-determination theory, Mm -hmm. SBT. It's the three qualities within self-determination theory, which is a theory meant to increase motivation, Mm -hmm. which a growth mindset, growth environment should also do that, increase motivation. Um, There's three things you're looking for. One is competency. So the people who are driving the car do they actually know what they're doing Mm -hmm. is your boss more qualified more knowledgeable does your coach actually have the technical skill to lead you Mm. yes or no um autonomy and so that just means like do you have a little bit of a say in the systems a little bit of a say Mm. in what's going on this is the reason that i meet with my players mm-hmm. individually, that takes an exorbitant amount of time out of my week and out of my coaches' weeks who decide to be a part of that. Um, but I want them to feel like they have a say and that they're heard by their coach. And when they give me feedback, we actually change things. Mm. Um, lastly is connectedness. Mm. Does it feel like a team? Do you feel cared for? Um, are your coworkers or teammates are they close with each other? Do the coaches check in on an athlete who's been um, injured and won't get to play the rest of the year? Are you checking in on that athlete? Yeah. Do your athletes hang out with each other outside of practice and games? Yeah. Competence, autonomy, connectedness. Mm-hmm. Those are the things to look for. If those three things are there, it's likely that you will be able to pull the best out of yourself, out of each other, it's not competitive within the team in a bad way. I think a little bit of internal competition is a good thing, but everyone recognizes this as this is how we get better, not mm-hmm. I need to be better than her so that I get more playing time. Mm-hmm. Mm, I just got my my wheels a turning. <laughs> wheels a turning. Uh, thank you, because that I feel like that's um, incredibly actionable. Like I feel like that that'll be easy to identify. So very helpful. Um, I'd love to kind of pivot and talk a little bit about your athletic career um, (laughs) because you're a beast. 
uh, an absolute unit (laughs) (laughs) earlier today on our hike. Um, So you early on faced a massive setback in your athletic career. Mm Because, well, even before we get to that, you also started hockey really late. Like in middle school? No. Uh, Late-ish for a Minnesotan. Yeah. Now that I've left the state, I'm like, I actually, it wasn't that late. Third third grade is when I started. Oh, okay. Uh, My sister started in middle school. Okay. And was still a varsity athlete. Mm -hmm. She was one of those awful gifted people (laughs) um, who was just good at things. But (laughs) no, I. Great skin, has great hair. Yeah, she's, oh my gosh, beautiful, (laughs) nice human being. The worst. Um, But yeah, I started later than most of my peers. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then while you were going through, was it your, it was your eighth grade year? Freshman year. Freshman year. If I think of what you're thinking of. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, would you like to share? Yeah. I, um, so the way my career kind of went is that during the winter I would play for my association. So I would play for Owatonna. Um, and then in the summer I would play AAA. Mm Mm-hmm which is what a lot of girls do, um, just people do, I guess, in general in Minnesota. And so during my last AAA tournament, going into my freshman year of high school, I broke a vertebrae. I broke my C7, mm-hmm. um, which is that little bump at the bottom of your neck, that vertebrae that sticks out at the bottom. Um, I fractured that, went unconscious. That was the worst concussion I had, and I've actually had more long-lasting effects from that concussion than I have from the break. Wow. But, yeah, I was basically out for a year. Um, It was probably six months before I was allowed to even pick up 30 pounds. I wore a neck brace for nine weeks. What a fun way to start high school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You come back to school and, like, people are mean. Mm. People knew I couldn't turn my head and would tap me on the shoulder. Like, actually? Oh, yeah. What the? No, this is a real thing. Uh, one of the kids who did that, I was actually the maid of honor in his wedding. <laughs> um, we got past it. But uh, kids are mean. And so that was really difficult. Um, not only the fact that something that so much of my identity was attached to was suddenly ripped away. Mm. I had to sit on my couch while all of my peers got better than me. Peers who were already better than me. Like, I needed to be there to do the work. Mm. There were some of them who could take a year off and you would never be able to tell. I was the kind of athlete that you would, you would be able to tell. Mm. I needed to be there working. That was taken away. Um, yeah, a few months before I could lift 30 pounds. Once I was allowed to do that, I could get on the ice with no contact, which meant I was going to practices and felt like I've never felt so much like an outsider in mm. a group of people that I at one point felt so close, felt so close to, mm. um, that was really hard. And they were very, they made sure I knew that I was not actually a part of the team. And so I would, I would travel to games, I would go to things, and I knew that I wasn't really wanted mm. there. And then to have to come back the next year, and so my freshman year, <clears throat> I. I probably would have tried out for varsity knowing that um, that it would have been a long shot mm-hmm. for sure. And I still had one year of U14 left. 
So I would have done it for the experience just because it is a very grueling experience to try out for high school hockey. And then go into my sophomore year feeling a lot more confident. So mm -hmm. I got I missed out on that whole experience. I missed out on my last year of guaranteed playing time, last mm -hmm. year of development. And sophomore year had to go into it with that same tournament where I broke my neck was my first tournament back. Um, and mm -hmm. so that was the most competitive experience I had had in a year. And... I needed to just go try out. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <sighs> did you make it? I did. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't think it was because of my ability. I think it was because those coaches knew that they would be able to squeeze every ounce that I had to give mm. out of me. And there are times where that is maybe a little more valuable mm -hmm. than some other things. So it makes me think of when I was uh, interviewing my coach. Jen on the podcast a week or two ago and we were talking about grit mm -hmm. and how the only way to it is going through yep the only way you can actually develop grit is if you go through really really hard things yeah so that seems that seems to be a tear like obviously a terrible thing that happened to you but pivotal in where you are today even in your mental performance and like where you're at because that's a traumatic thing to go through and then having to still work and work and work and play. I never a took level. a shift off after that. Hmm. Not once did I take a moment for granted on the ice, even like just now with doing fun things like CrossFit, I'm like, I, there's not a single rep that doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, awesome. even in my warm up, I'm like, it's, it all matters mm -hmm. so much because I know what it feels like to have it taken away. Mm -hmm. Um, we should talk about CrossFit because we both love CrossFit and that's what CrossFitters do is we just talk about CrossFit and how much <laughs> we love it. And I mean, if people want to tune out now, I mean, go for it, I suppose, but that just means you're not cool. Part of the cool kid, uh, group. How did you get into CrossFit? Um, I went through a breakup and had no friends. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like kind of stuck in my hometown after a breakup and i just man everyone just like looked at me with the sad eyes everywhere i went and i was mm. like i need to find something else to do mm. and i remember actually one of my hockey coaches my senior year um i don't know how we ended up talking about it but she's like i think you would really like doing crossfit and i was like i don't know what that is but okay um and now i know why she said that because just wanting to suffer and wanting to pull the most out of myself like crossfit's a great way to do that in mm -hmm. adulthood um it provided a completely different group of friends who knew nothing about me mm -hmm. in a small town that's very hard to find mm -hmm. so yeah i just walked in one day and they were doing snatches and i was like this isn't for me <laughs> <laughs> that was on their first day on my <laughs> first day we snatched they didn't have like an onboarding process at that time it was such a small gym so mm -hmm. um and i'd never picked up a barbell like i, I don't yeah i didn't really know so well, it took some time you never but... picked up a, but we would have been what 20 at that point uh yeah like 21 probably or so we but... may be squatted in we only we only ever did back squatting because Faithard didn't think that front squatting was super valuable. But yeah, 
So it was just all very new. I'd like, mm -hmm. but I mean, as one does, fell in love with it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Well, what uh, what is your current favorite movement? Uh, I love heavy cleans. Ooh, I love the. I love how raw, just like a lift is, like a slow power lift. And I also love how technical an Olympic lift is. Mm -hmm. And so it was a cool way to marry the two because um, just powerlifting is just something that it is the the first thing you and I talked about this earlier today, but like the first thing in my life, physically at least, that has come naturally to me mm -hmm. where I just, I just get to be good. Yeah. And I don't have to like actually put in as much extra work on that as I do on other things to excel. Um, so to be able to marry years of attending Olympic lifting classes mm -hmm. to dial in my technique, plus just that ability to sit in the bottom of a clean and be like, this hurts so bad. I got it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> you know, God. like I just love that feeling. So yeah, that's my favorite movement, I think. Or just jerks. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Bars just go over my head because my arms aren't very long. <laughs> they kind of have like little bowling ball shoulders. So they like the exact opposite issue. Yeah. My arms go on for an eternity. So for me, it's like if I can just get my hips low enough and get my arms to straighten, it, it's going to go up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you got me into CrossFit. Uh, you took me to my first CrossFit workout. It was here in Denver. Well, technically my first one. We did it, the Filthy oh, 50. Oh, yeah. We did Popeye, though, when you were here. That We did Popeye. Wrecked people. It, yeah. <laughs> what but, a horrible first workout. Yeah, it was. Well, I did have to scale it because it also, did it have bar muscle-ups or pull-ups or something? It or? was just going back and forth between the barbell and the rig. Yeah. And it was meant to be very grippy, but everyone's hands just ripped apart. Ripped. So it was like sloshing yeah. when you would pick up the barbell, just sloshing blood. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> sorry yeah no that was it was fun because something about it it just kind of caught on i was like man this thing is pretty awesome this <laughs> is pretty fun um we we actually you guys were doing snatches that mm. day but in wisdom uh your gym your coaches were like yeah you've never done that so you're not going to do a snatch and so i i don't even remember what i was doing but i was off to the side. Oh, no, I do. I think I ended up doing just Bulgarian split squats. Oh, yeah. There was um, a very fit woman who was also a coach, Liz. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. She just had a baby. What? Yeah. Oh, congrats, Liz. <laughs> Way to go. Um, but she showed me them, and I had to do them off to the side. And I was like, okay, that's not so bad. And then I was dying. Absolutely <laughs> dying. Partly because I'm a weak baby, but the other part was I kind of forgot that I was at altitude. Oh, and yes. had that's a real thing. Like, I couldn't actually breathe, but I didn't <laughs> remember that I couldn't breathe, and I was like, oh, this is so bad. <laughs> I was not having a growth mindset at that time. I was having a fixed mindset, and being like, "You little dumb baby, <laughs> so weak." Uh, but that was my first. That was that was a fun time. Then it then it caught on. What's your least favorite movement these days? I just running. <laughs> Like, yeah. people, it's so funny. My first day at CrossFit Cherry Creek, we did a one rep max front squat, which is such an inaccurate representation of who I am as an athlete because <laughs> I'm really good at front squats Should we... and really bad at everything else. <laughs> so I, we started and people were like, 
oh my gosh, who is this girl? I'm like, just just wait. Give it a minute. <laughs> like, give me the whole class because I see I saw that there was running in this workout. <laughs> and then I would run like a 200 and people would be like, what are you doing? Is that running? Like, what what exactly is that? So, no, I just, running is something. And I have put in the work. And for whatever reason, it's just never gotten easier, which means I just need to work harder at it. Mm -hmm. um, but, man, I'll only run fast if I get to run towards a barbell. <laughs> or Chipotle. Yeah, Chipotle. <laughs> Uh, run from my problems, run my mouth. Yeah, those, I'm good at that kind of running. <laughs> run to the thing. fridge. Uh, I actually learned something last week. This is again from Jen, at my coach. Um, so somebody asked her, one of the other members. We were all just chatting after class. They're like, "Why is it that it? Because it's pretty well known within the CrossFit community that like everyone hates running mm -hmm. for the most part. I don't hate running, but it is okay soccer. There's a, yeah, okay soccer, okay. <laughs> um, but that's kind of the general consensus. Is yeah. There's memes about it. Everyone's just like, running is the worst. <laughs> and he asked her about that. And she actually had, uh, a, I shouldn't say actually, she's a very insightful person. She had a very educated answer that I didn't realize. She said one um, was, I forget the first one, because it was more just like of a mental, like people like to, you like to hate about something. Sure. Like you need something to hate. Yeah. But then number two, she's like, running is actually the only movement shown, even compared to rowing or assault bike or anything. It's counterintuitive to strength gains. And if oh. people are wanting to get, like, there will be a neck and she obviously can explain it better, but they work negatively against each other. That if you're trying to get strong, 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 then running is probably not going to be your good friend at that time yeah my spirit animal is pretty much an ox <laughs> i know they carry heavy things and not very quickly <laughs> but for a long time but for a long time <laughs> if i got it i got it um so i thought that was really insightful i was like oh that makes sense yeah i'm a weak little baby i'm like i can't lift anything but i can actually run pretty pretty well for the most part for a crossfitter i suppose <laughs> not for somebody that's competitive or running um can you think of a time? I love I love asking CrossFitters this question. It has not been very successful asking non-CrossFitters this question. Can you think of a workout that absolutely took your soul? That it's like you can remember like top three worst workouts where it's ingrained in you. Where you're like, this is maybe almost oh yes, trauma response. Yes. Um. I mean, I've cried in so many workouts. <laughs> I was so just. So many. Um, and we're also trying to convince everyone to do CrossFit as well. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I've cried in so many workouts. Do CrossFit. Honestly, what I tell about people who are on the fence, and I was like, if you don't like that feeling, it may not be for you. I don't know. But um, I can think of two. One that we do regularly, which is, um, I think it's, uh, it's not Nancy. Um Helen, running pull-ups and kettlebell swings. Yep. So those are like, I've gotten a lot better at pull-ups and kettlebell swings, but like four years ago, just like early in CrossFit, I was so bad at all those things. Mm. And like eat kettlebell swings, I'm like such a silly thing to be bad at. Mm -hmm. And I am. How, like, how? 
I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not have, Yeah, I have no idea, but I was so bad at them. So that was one where it's it was three rounds of a 400-meter run, I think 12 pull-ups, and 21 kettlebell swings. Mm-hmm. Three rounds. Mm-hmm. And I, like, it would take me, like, 18 minutes. Oh, wow. Just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So much time. Um, so that's one that's soul-sucking for me. The other one was in the open – not this year, but the year before. Mm-hmm. And it was like um, pull-ups or toes to bar, chest to bar. It was like a gymnastics movement, then thrusters that increased in weight and double unders. Mm-hmm. And I did it yeah. in Minnesota where I should have been able to breathe. <laughs> and I was like, the room was spinning. I don't know if I just like didn't eat right or what it was, but I was having like a somatic response, which is really hard. And like, the thing is, in a normal CrossFit workout, you if that's happening, just slow down mm. or stop. Like if you are – I've stopped a workout before because I'm like something's wrong mm. and I need to stop. And it was an open workout, so I really wanted to like keep pushing. And that was silly of me to do because I just – I like threw a tantrum. <laughs> I like threw my rope. I was like – mad at everyone who was cheering for me just like it, I, I like changed who I was as a person and I'm like oh man um soul sucking in a fun way there was one we did that in a competition where it was like heavy tire flips oh and fun. um sled pushes yeah it was like sled pushes rowing and biking and heavy tire flips that took my soul in the most beautiful way like I couldn't stop smiling even though like I waited 10 minutes to stand up afterwards. And the second I did, I fell down. Oh, no. <laughs> and I like, I wasn't being the dramatic CrossFitter laying around. I like could not get up. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Oh, that's so fun. I'm never... or, sorry. I'm no, so sorry. I, One you more. go, girl. Um, I did this competition last fall that was like CrossFit slash Strongman. Mm-hmm. And so it was nine workouts. Whoa. You had to do seven. So there were, it was a partner yeah. deal. And so there were like five that we did together and then four that were split between you. Mm-hmm. And mine, one of mine was back squats at 135 uh. as many, as many until you stop. Which we should give context. Will you share <sighs> what your max back squat is? My max back squat is 325. <laughs> So to do 135 (laughs) until I decide to quit is horrible. Yes. They should have made it like 185. I think that was the stimulus they were going for because the guys was like 225. Mm -hmm. And they were getting like between 18 and 30, which I think was the stimulus. Mm -hmm. And I did like 50 something and stopped because I was crying. I couldn't breathe because I was crying. Because I was just so uncomfortable, but I also knew I'm not going to fail it. Yes. You're, I have yes. to just keep going. I am the ox. Like, I can keep moving. But all these other girls are also strongman athletes, and they can keep going, too. So it's like, I need to keep going because these strong girls are going to run out of breath. But these CrossFit girls, it's so light that they're not going to stop. Mm-hmm. And I have to. It's a strength event, I guess. It was really more of a cardio event. But oh, I'm like, 100%. I... Yeah, I had to stop because I was like hyperventilating from crying because mm-hmm. I was just like, I I'm so uncomfortable, and I also know that I can keep going. 
This is terrible. It Wait, was so bad. What was the time frame? How long did you have? As long as you wanted. You just couldn't. Oh, just until you. Oh until my you stopped. And you couldn't rest more than 10 seconds, I think, which I saw a few girls resting that long. So that was kind of frustrating. Mm. But again, like you can't worry about that you just have to like focus on you and Mm -hmm. and do it right and know that like i would rather have an accurate score for the test than you know play this play the game Mm -hmm. that's just i'm not like that even in competition really Mm -hmm. so that was one that took my soul away and i was just like I, I was like, I put rack the bar and I'm like, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh Where am I? Uh, oh, it was awful. <laughs> so gritty. Wow. Um, well, we have a brisket downstairs waiting for us. Heck yeah, yeah, we do. We gotta make, and we've already taken a taste of it. Lauren made this brisket. <laughs> it is delicious. It, speaking of soul being stolen, I when I took a bite of it, my soul was stolen. But in a way, <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Um, so Lauren, thank you so much for your time. I love you very much. I'm so happy you got me into CrossFit and you're doing great things. I'm excited to work out one day in the Gunter Payne cave. I was talking to Drake about it and he's a legend. The the legend. <laughs> what a guy. Um, so that'll be fun whenever I come back down to Colorado where I can't breathe. There's no oxygen. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for having me. I All love right. you. Love you too.